Hello, everyone. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Three Wide. I'm your host, Radney Crawford. Uh, today, we will be going over the review of The Clash at the L.A. Coliseum. We'll be looking over things such as attendance, uh, surprise performances by drivers, some incidents that happen between drivers that we normally don't see see happen between uh and also we'll be looking ahead going over a little bit of the xfinity series and the truck series uh so let's go ahead and get started uh we had the first clash at la coliseum uh nascar announced last year that they were leaving the daytona international super speedway and taking it to la coliseum where they were converting the stadium into a track uh, a lot of people were skeptical or just plain out did not like that move at all. Um, you probably put me under the skeptical side. Um, didn't fully understand why NASCAR was making this move, taking teams all the way out to California for an exhibition event to kick off the season, uh, especially with things such as the new next-gen car. Um, teams were not going to have that many cars available uh, and then also just the drive all the way across the country out there and having to turn around and go to Daytona. Um, but after watching the race, uh, would have to say I, I was very impressed by it, impressed by the racing, how the next gen cars looked and handled. And also the crowd size was, was very good. Um, that stadium normally can fit anywhere between 60 and 70,000 people. Uh, looking at the crowd size, I would say it was probably around 50,000, maybe a little bit more than that, which for an exhibition event like the Clash, which hasn't here lately seen a lot of big crowds, it was a good thing to see. Um, and also a lot of younger fans, younger people that were there, including kids, young adults. So that definitely is a positive sign, hopefully, for the future of the sport that these these people, because I believe they were throwing out the number 70% around that, were people attending their first race. So hopefully NASCAR was able to leave a lasting impression on them and where people will become even more invested in the sport, uh, keeping up with it, watching it on TV, or attending more races. Uh, looking at the race itself, it was a... Uh, it was very, very true short track racing on that quarter mile track. A lot of beating and banging, especially in the last heat race and last chance qualifying races. Uh, starting out uh, qualifying night, you had Kyle Busch set on the pole. So he got start num the pole for heat number one, in which he won. Uh, some surprises in that race had to be uh, Daniel Suarez, who had a very impressive day with Trackhouse Racing. They're now a two-team, two-car team with the purchase of Ganassi Racing. Uh, surprising that heat was Denny Hamlin not advancing to the main event, finishing fifth um, and having to go to the last chance qualifying race, but it was still a pretty fantastic battle for that final transfer spot of fourth between him, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Ryan Blaney. It was a lot of hard racing going on for that last transfer spot, which uh, Stenhouse and Blaney were able to finish in the top four and advance to the main event. Uh, heat number two, you had Tyler Reddick winning that heat. Um, you had uh, really the rest of the top four you have to was pretty surprising. You had Chase Briscoe, Austin Dillon, and Cole Custer 
finish, rounding out the top four to advance to the main event uh, while drivers missing it and having to go to the last chance qualifying races were drivers like Martin Truex Jr. and Alex Bowman, which was surprising given their history at short tracks, especially Martinsville. You had Alex Bowman, who won the most recent race there at Martinsville, and Truex, who is a, a great short track racer. So it was very surprising to see those two not make it through to the main event immediately, um, especially Truex. He just did not seem to have a whole lot of speed in the uh, in the heat race or in the main event. Uh, on heat number three, you had Justin Haley winning that. Uh, it was a very stacked field in that, that race. Uh, one of the surprise misses as far as not advancing was Kevin Harvick who uh, finished in sixth in that heat, automatically going to the last chance qualifying. Um, heat number four, which was definitely the best heat race of all. A lot of hard racing, contact, beating and banging. You had uh, Michael McDowell and Eric Jones able to finish in the top four and advance to the main event. Uh, and that one you also had Kurt Busch was unable to finish in the top four and had to go to the last chance qualifying race. Um, and you also had a lot of beating and banging in that one. Uh, we were able to see, get a little glimpse at how this new next gen car is going to stack up with the composite body, uh, that you would see the bumper used in, in every heat ray, every race they did out there on that track and not a whole lot of cosmetic damage as far as what we're used to seeing. It, it, the cars seem to hold up very well. Um, you had in that heat race, number four, Ty Dillon had a, uh, DNF. He was unable to finish that race with, uh, some mechanical issues. So he was able, but he was able to get it back together and get into the last chance qualifying race, which we will talk about that one here in just a second. He was in last chance qualifying race number two. Um, but in the first last chance qualifying, the top three finishers would go on to fin to the main event of the night uh you had denny hamlin kevin harvick and aj allmendinger finishing the top three to move on to the main event um one of the guys performances that really stood out in this race was cody ware in rick ware racing rick ware as a whole in this clash they really impressed they really flexed their muscle here <clears throat> cody ware while he didn't get in the main event he uh, was one spot short of making it uh, but, however, he showed a lot of speed in practice and in qualifying. Uh, he got uh, early uh, draw. He was not able to get a good qualifying lap in, but overall was an impressive weekend for him compared to where we're used to seeing those Rick Ware racing cars run. Uh, you had in that race Ross Chastain and Chris Buescher unable to finish in the top three, so they were sent home. They they weren't able to, to get into the main event, which is – a little surprising uh, for them too. Pretty big teams they drive for. You had in last chance qualifying race number two, <clears throat> which was probably the more dramatic and chaotic race of the whole weekend. You had uh, Ty Dillon cross the start finish line first. However, uh, NASCAR reviewed the final restart and it showed that he did 
restart the race before the restart zone. So he was penalized for a restart violation, which put him at the back of the field and allowed Ryan Priest to be declared the winner of that and move on into the main event. And as I said earlier about the Rick Ware racing cars, Ryan Priest was probably one of the most impressive of those cars in the weekend uh, and showed how good a driver he really is. Uh, he's definitely someone trying to make an impression to get with a top team. He's got to deal with Stuart Hawks racing. He's going to do some Xfinity races. He's going to do some truck races and a handful for Rick Ware in the Cup Series. So if this race was any indication for how that season, the Cup season will go for him, uh, it's definitely looking positive. We won't know really how Rick Ware Racing is where they're at as a whole until probably after the first month or two of the season once we get into the mile and a halves and the short tracks and hit some of these different places. Um, but it's definitely looking much better for them this year than it has in the past few years. Um, and last chance qualifying race number two, as I said, that that was a, a very hard racing a lot of aggressive driving. You had Ty Dillon, probably the most aggressive out of all. He he was not afraid to use that front bumper and get himself where he needed to be, which, you know, he probably felt like he had no other option. He put down the slowest lap in qualifying, I believe. Uh, and as I said before, he had a did not finish in the heat race he was in. So it was very surprising to see him, even if he's bumping people out of the way, but still able to move forward and he was able to get in the lead and put a little distance on the field. So he definitely came out of nowhere really for that, that race, uh, was definitely impressed by him. He, uh, had a restart violation early on in the race. He jumped the start when Kurt Busch was leading and he had to go to the back of the field and was able to put his way back up there in contention. Uh, however, with his beating and banging, there was a little bit of an incident between him and Harrison Burton where Harrison was not happy with him. He had been wrecked by Ty Dillon. And so for the rest of that race, you just saw any time that them two were around each other, they were not given or taking anything. Uh, the finishers in that race who were able to go on to the main event because of Ty Dillon's disqualification was Bubba Wallace. Uh, who is another guy who's had an impressive run in the clash, especially after practice. He was not happy with his car at all, did not feel good about it. So he did a, a good job in his race. Harrison Burton, as I said, uh, making his first cup run with Wood Brothers and looked strong for sure. Um, and then, of course, Ryan Priest, who won. Some notable misses, uh, people who missed the main event, Brad Keselowski, in his first race with uh, Keselowski, Roush Fenway Keselowski racing, um, just did not seem to have the speed all weekend with, with that car. So it definitely shows it's still work to be done with that team. I know he's wanting to get it back to a competitive team and competing for wins, competing for championships, and I believe he will get that team there. He He's, you know, former champion, consistent winner every year, uh, so we'll, it'll be interesting to see his progress and Chris Busher's throughout the season. Uh, Martin Truex, Alex, who did not start that last chance qualifying race, he took the championship provisional for the main event, so he did not 
racing that one, which was probably a good call on his part. Uh, you had Alex Bowman miss he uh, the top three, so he was not in the main event, the only Hendrick driver not to be in it. Um, just did not seem to, he, he had a decent car, but just did not be able to seem to take advantage of it and be able to get in the positions he needed to be when he needed to be in them. Um, and then we go on to the main event, which was pretty much dominated by three drivers in particular. You had Tyler Reddick took the early lead, held on to it for a while. You had Kyle Busch led most of the race once uh tyler reddick he had some mechanical issues uh i believe they listed it as a drivetrain problem he was unable to finish he had to pull off during a caution you had uh joey logano also the other driver who was able to lead laps and ultimately uh go away come away with the win um but there were still some strong stronger cars there especially at the beginning that unfortunately got taken out due to uh mechanical issues the two Main ones were Tyler Reddick, who I just mentioned, and Chase Briscoe, who had a, also listed as a drivetrain issue. He uh, Chase Briscoe was kind of under the radar, I felt like, with that race. He looked really strong and could have been an upset winner, but unfortunately, he, he was unable to finish the race. And Ryan Priest was another driver who had mechanical issues. They had it listed as oil pressure problems. Um, as I said, you had Joey Logano, win the race uh, came down there to the end where it was between him and Kyle Busch and Logano there at the end seemed to have the better car you would have moments where Kyle Busch would get close to his rear bumper and with the history between the two short track racing you know no points on the line just money in the trophy I was sitting there waiting for Kyle to to really knock Logano out the way but he just could never seem to get close enough and stay there to, to make a move on it. Uh, Logano's car just seemed to have so much better drive off the corner. Uh, he could just pull away as soon as Kyle could get close to him. Um, so Logano won the first race in the new next-gen car and also the first clash at LA Coliseum. During the race, there was an incident uh, between Justin Haley and Kyle Larson. As I mentioned, there were some incidents between drivers we did not expect to see happen. Uh, this one was surprising for me just because with what happened, you had Haley, uh, believe he bumped the back of a Kyle Larson's car, was able to get underneath of him coming under the final corner, and Kyle Larson just seemed to pretty much say he wasn't going to have it. He door slammed Haley as Haley got alongside of him, Haley went straight into the inside wall, tore up his car, the first significant damage we've seen with these new cars. Um, and so that ended Haley's day. And like I said, it was just surprising, just because normally you don't see that out of Kyle Larson. He's had a pretty quiet career as far as incidents and arguments with drivers go, it seems like. Um, but it, so it was very uncharacteristic to see, so don't know if... Maybe something had happened earlier in the race that was not seen, and Larson just got tired of him. Who knows? I don't know. Um, so that'll be something to, interesting to watch going forward. I don't think Justin was too happy with Kyle about that, which I can't blame him because you can see in the if you go watch the replay, Larson just turned it dead left into him. Uh, so looking over the race crowd, 
didn't really know what to expect being at this event, being out in California, you know, it's kind of a out of nowhere race doing it at a, at a stadium like LA Coliseum that I know they were hopeful to have a big crowd. And I'll say it, it was definitely much better than what we're used to seeing at, at a race like the clash, which isn't one of the marquee events for the sport. You, while it wasn't a sellout by any means, but for, I don't know, 50, 55,000 people to show up for this race, that, that is an amazing number. And it probably told NASCAR, hey, this worked. This was a win for us. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them go back there. Uh, I don't know if they have a deal in place where it's a multi-year deal where they'll go out there and do the clash every year. Um, but it, if it isn't, it definitely will be now after after what the racing was and the way the crowd was and how they reacted. Uh, just looking over what other people's comments are, they said anytime there was a pass, a bump, anything said that crowd was just going nuts. And they just seemed to be having, just, they just were having fun. The shots in the crowd, they were just enjoying what was going on in front of them. Uh, you never saw anybody that I saw kind of just sitting around like they weren't interested at all. It was a lot of activity in the crowd. You had at the halfway point, NASCAR did a halfway break and had Ice Cube do uh, uh, pretty much a halftime performance for the crowd, which when they announced Ice Cube was going to be doing this, you know, I felt like that that fits for a race to be out in, in L.A., especially at L.A. Coliseum, um, with Ice Cube's history out there. He, he was a good fit for it, and I enjoyed the concert. Uh, I thought he put on a good show. Uh, the crowd, <laughs> while they didn't seem to know much of what, what the songs he was singing, or, or rapping, uh, they, they seem to be enjoying themselves. So that was good to see. And, and like I said, I, that concert was, was good to me. Um, the, the next thing is the, is this new next gen car. Uh, and the, you know, you have the new number placement where it's closer to the front of the wheel. Uh, I thought, I thought it looked really good, especially under the lights during qualifying. Um, the new cars itself, the bodies, I like, it looks more like a true stock car as far as what you would see um, at the car dealerships. And as I said earlier, with those composite bodies, it seemed like drivers, they could they could beat and bang, lean on each other more than they could before um, and, and not have to worry about much damage or, or cutting tires, um, which especially over the last few short track races last year, you saw a lot of where just the slightest contact would cut a tire and ruin someone's night. Uh, this one seemed to have a lot more give to it, which I th think will do well, especially when we go to these short tracks like Bristol and Martinsville. Drivers, they can lean on each other more now, so who knows what that will lead to, uh, whether it be more incidents after the race or just harder contact and more exciting finishes. Uh, we, we will find out soon enough, so... All in all, I would say NASCAR would chalk up this this race weekend as a win for their experiment. So now we have a uh, one-week break before we go to Daytona, where we have all three series there, the trucks, the Xfinity, and the Cup Series. Uh, you will have 
qualifying on Wednesday night with the dual races Thursday night for the Cup Series, uh, truck race Friday night, Xfinity Saturday, and then the Daytona 500 on Sunday. Uh, I believe that is February 20th. Uh, looking ahead, just giving a little preview of the Xfinity Series as far as drivers go. You got uh, in both, in all three series really, you have a lot of drivers moving around, new teams. Um, so a lot of excitement as far as I feel like this field across the board in NASCAR, the talent is deeper than it has been before. You have a lot of good young drivers and some still some solid veterans and guys kind of starting to hit their peak and their prime. Uh, looking at the Xfinity Series, you got running for Rookie of the Year. You have Sheldon Creed, who moves up from the Truck Series with uh, GMS Racing. He will be driving for Richard Childress Racing in the number two. And the guy he's going against for Rookie of the Year is his teammate, his new teammate, Austin Hill, who comes up from the Truck Series and the 16 Hattori Racing truck. Uh, so both those new drivers in the Xfinity Series will be exciting to see what they can do. Uh, especially Sheldon Creed. I think that's a guy with a lot of promise and be really interesting to see where his career goes from here. Uh, some new drivers coming in full-time. You got Sam Mayer, who's taken over the number one car for Junior Motorsports. Uh, kind of the new young phenom that everybody's going to be watching and pegging as the next big thing. So we'll be interesting to see how his career progresses. He's had some part-time runs and He's shown flashes, but also made a lot of rookie mistakes, which is expected. So we'll see how his year progresses as far as can he clean that up? Can he be a consistent contender for wins, top fives, top tens? And can he get in the playoffs? Uh, another new driver you got, Ty Gibbs, who moves from part-time to full-time for Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, last year in his part-time races, he had an amazing year. He was able to win races run consistently up front. So the sky's the limit for the, for this kid um, as far as what he can do full-time with a full year under his belt. Uh, he's definitely going to be one of the guys to keep an eye on and could be a, you know, possibly a championship contender. Uh, he'll have to clean up some things. He's definitely can be aggressive and has been shown he can push buttons across uh, his racing career. Uh, I know him and Sam Mayer have had many run-ins and, aren't, the, from what I've seen, the best of friends, so that could be a new rivalry to keep an eye on. Um, from there, we go to Colleg Racing, which is a three-car team. Last year, they had A.J. Allmendinger, Justin Haley, Jeb Burton. Well, now two of those drivers are gone, and they have replaced them where you have A.J. Allmendinger returning in the 16 car. Uh, Daniel Hemrick, the defending champion, who will be taking over the 11 car from Justin Haley. And you have Landon Castle, who will be taking over the 10 car driven by Jeb Burton last year. Now, Landon, I'm excited about this opportunity for him just because it seems like he, he has not been able to get a, a solid ride, a contending ride for most of his career. He, he's that guy a lot of fans like and have hoped he could get this shot. So hopefully we can see him make the most of it. I would love to see him be able to get into victory lane and show what he can do with a top-tier team. Um, you also got Josh Berry moving up to full-time in the Xfinity Series uh, this year. Uh, not sure what car number he's driving. I know he's driving for – he is driving for Junior Motorsports. 
Last year, he drove the eight car and the one car part-time for Junior Motorsports and was able to get two wins, uh, one at Martinsville. Uh, and he, he's won a lot of people. He, he mostly did the late model races for Junior Motorsports. He, and Junior gave him this opportunity in the Xfinity Series just to kind of show what he can do. And he definitely impressed. I think he's the guy who could be a dark horse to make a deep run in the playoffs. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can, this being his first full-time year, if he can keep up with the schedule as far as, you know, momentum and not getting, uh, you know, caught up in the, as the close of the year comes. Uh, Jeb Burton moving over from college racing to now our motorsports where he will be teammates with uh, Brett Moffitt. Uh, our motorsports, they're kind of one of those teams that's kind of on the edge. They could be, with the right step, they could be a consistent contender for races. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the, those two drivers mesh up. Brett Moffitt, he, he is a wheel man. He can get it up there and get the job done for sure. And Jeb as well. Uh, glad to see Jeb able to get on his feet with a solid team after the year he had with Colleague where he won at Talladega. Uh, season seemed to kind of fall apart there towards the end. But, I mean, he hadn't ran a full-time season, and I don't know how long. Uh, it, it had been a while, so not necessarily unexpected, but still overall it was a good season for him, for sure. You also have uh, Matt Snyder, who is going over from Richard Childers to Jordan Anderson Racing. Uh, last year, Jordan Anderson was unable to make the the first few races due to points, so he started putting in drivers uh, such as Eric Jones, I believe Josh Berry, did some races for him in Austin Dillon, trying to get the most points he could get to lock himself in a, in the field. And his cars did pretty well, so that'll be uh, another team to keep an eye on. Uh, moving over to the Truck Series, for running for Rookie of the Year, you have Dean Thompson and Lawless Allen, uh, both drivers for Nice Motorsports. Uh, don't Nice Motorsports? They went. You had Ross Chastain a few years ago. Was able to drive that team into the playoffs and be go really deep into it and look like a championship contender. And it seems like ever since then they they just have not been able to recapture that momentum. So we'll see what they can get done this year. Uh, you have. Jesse Little, Kaz Grala, who are going to do some races for Young Motorsports. Jesse Little, who is the son of Chad Little. He's raced most of his career in their own equipment. Uh, had some flashes, especially there at the beginning of, of his races, you know, showing what he, he can do. So the talent is definitely there. It's just a matter of opportunity and taking the most of it. You have uh, Tyler Ankrum who is moving over to Hattori Racing, taking over for Austin Hill, who left uh, for Richard Childress in the Xfinity Series. Uh, another young driver. See what uh, what this move is. It's another top ride that, that he might be able to get some wins in, see what he can do. Uh, Grant Enfinger, who last year was put down to part-time with Thor Sport. He gets back into the Truck Series full-time with GMS, which I know a lot of fans were happy to see. Because Grant, he's just one of those good guys in the sport. You love, you want to see, you know, do a lot of good things. Uh, so to go over to a top team like GMS, hopefully Grant's 
uh, do for a big year and, and possibly bring home a championship. Uh, and also you got uh, Matt Benedetto, who is no longer in the Cup Series. Uh, he is now in the Truck Series full-time for Rackley, uh, racing the number 25 truck. Uh, we'll see. We've seen John Hunter Nemechek take the step down to trucks and be able to make the most of it and re kind of reboost his stock. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Matt can do the same for his. Uh, you have Zane Smith moving over to Front Row Motorsports. Uh, another guy you're glad to see get get into a full-time ride after last year and the runs he had with GMS. Uh, so it's nice to see him get on a stable ride. Christian Eckes, who used to drive for Kyle Busch Motorsports, he has been bumped up from part-time with Thor Sport to full-time with them this year where he will take over the uh, 98 car, 98 truck, excuse me. Uh, so he, he's one of those guys, another one that kind of goes under the radar, was able to get a, a win last year and kind of, yeah, it was a very emotional win, so it was show what he can do. So definitely a lot of young talent across the board, as I said, um, and it'll be interesting to see who steps up and, and makes the next move. Um, going forward with this podcast, my hope or my plans are to once this season gets started, uh, we'll be having two episodes a week where my plan is to do a one, do an episode at the end of a, every cup race and kind of review and look over the race weekend, no matter what series is racing, whether it's just cup, cup Xfinity, or all three series, we will be going over them. And also I plan on doing an episode hopefully around Thursday, where that'll be mostly a, a preview for the race to come up, and as well as kind of just a an opinion episode or any breaking news episode where, you know, just talk about random topics, anything that might come to my mind. If uh, I, I ask you if you, any topics come to mind or anything you would like to see discussed, uh, feel free to give me a follow on Twitter. The Twitter handle is the number three wide and the number three again. Uh, give me a follow, send me a direct message, a tweet. You know, if you have anything you'd like to hear discussed on those episodes, just shoot me an idea and we'll we'll see if we can't get it on, on the list. Uh, and hopefully we can start getting a, a pretty good following. I'd like to think of this as a, a fans podcast. I definitely want fan engagement you know, we can just really just talk about anything, any questions, any rumors going around, whatnot, uh, please just feel free to, to contact me and we'll, uh, we'll see where this goes, but I appreciate y'all taking the time to listen. Uh, it's not much of a episode this time just because all we had was the clash so not a whole lot to review, but still a, definitely a promising start to this season. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, definitely after after Sunday, we got a lot to look forward to and a lot of excitement in the sport. And so we will see you after uh, my next episode should be the Thursday. I should record after the duels have been completed and the field has been set. And we'll go from there. Thank you all, and you all take care.